Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday. You have survived it. God is so very good. We've got a great lineup all week long. I'm very excited. We're going to have some wonderful programs for you this week. Hopefully you'll be able to join us for, for most of it anyway. It's going to be jam-packed. We're going to cover a lot of ground this week. Pretty pumped about that. Today on the program, Sean Carney. He is the president of 40 Days for Life. Uh, he's going to be on to talk about the racist past of Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. Something I think we should remind ourselves frequently about. The movie Roe v. Wade talked about that. Um, it featured that element of, of Planned Parenthood's past. We're going to have that conversation today with Sean Carney from 40 Days for Life. Christine Niles is going to be back on the program this morning. Praise be to God. There's a lot of stories she's covering, including some breaking news. There's breaking news out. I won't ruin it for you, but it it uh, could rock some people, I think. It could rock some people, but she's going to catch us up on some older stories that they have been covering over a church militant uh, to include the uh, the pornography scandal. I think it's out of Detroit. But we're going to have that conversation uh, along with the breaking news with Christine Niles in the What's Concerning Us. So a ton of great content on Catholic Drive Time today. Again, I pray and hope that you'll join us for all or most of it. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. It's always good to have Christine on, so I'm looking forward to today's show. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, praise be to God. How's your car? Uh, Not great. So (laughs) finals week. God is really testing me this week. I have finals and my laptop gave out, so I had to order another one. And (laughs) my car is also broken down for maybe like the third time this year. (laughs) That's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's like uh, Murphy's Law. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong kind of thing. Yep. That's how I feel. That's how I've been feeling. Now, hopefully with your laptop, all your data was backed up. You don't have to worry about any of that. I mostly keep everything on Google Drive. So, yeah. yeah. All Mm -hmm. right. Give everything over to Google. I see how you are. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, no worries, I guess. Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, crazy things that happen all the time, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning. Good Good morning. Uh, You know, the the thing everyone always forgets about Murphy's Law is Mm -hmm. uh, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. At the worst possible time. At the worst possible time. Right, that's, that's right. That's the other part. That's the other part of it. And it, yeah. it, it's always true, isn't it? It's it always is. true. It is always true. What yeah. movie did you watch this weekend, Joe? Uh, let's see. I watched um, none. Not a single movie this weekend. Wow. We went to, we, we got to bed early Friday night because we had first Saturday mass. So first Saturday mass was like at 730. So being the, being old like I am, you know, early bedtime. Praise be to God. And then uh, Saturday, what did we do Saturday? Um, 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 I don't even remember now. Like we watched, uh, you know what I've been on? I'm been on a, a ride here. I, I just went through 1776, the book 1776. Um, and it's a great novel on the American Revolution and it's put in particular that, that year. And so I've been on that kick. So we watched a couple of short documentary films on George Washington and the American Revolution. I think that's what we did on YouTube. So no movie. What'd you do? Uh, I also did almost nothing the, during the weekend. <laughs> I uh, went to the to the TFP's house on Saturday night, so it was really nice. We hung out, and I watched The Searchers with John Wayne. That was an awesome movie. Probably yeah. the best Western movie of all time. Come on. Yep. 
No. Yep. yep. High Plains Drifter. Come nope. now. The Searchers. Unforgiven. The Unforgiven. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What? <laughs> <laughs> the good, the bad, and the Come ugly. Now. All right. We're going to have to have an after show conversation in the second hour. We're going to have to just dive straight into Western films because there is some edumacation that has to happen among the youth here, apparently. And we'll see what our audience has to say. So today, again, we're going to have Sean Carney, 40 Days for Life, uh, the racist past of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. That's the conversation, the guest segment. Christine Niles will be on in the, in the breaking news or in the what's concerning us segment. There's a story out about, uh, Let's just say Cardinal Mahoney, but you didn't hear that yet. Okay, that's still breaking. And then uh, other stories she's going to catch us up on. All of that coming up in this hour. In the next hour, if you are at all able to join us, we have Rough to Rustic back on the show as a sponsor for the game show this week. So praise be to God. It's good to have them back, which means new prize, new opportunity, and new players. All of that in our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia game show rules and phone number. All that is on our website. By the way, you can also watch... Watch the show live and comment right on our webpage at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can hang out, be a part of the show. You don't even have to be on a social media platform to do it. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Plus, everything else is there as well. So let's pray and jump into our hour. Whatever is on your heart, my dear listener, whatever your needs are, your concerns, your prayer requests, you're welcome to comment if you are hanging out on a live video feed. Uh, but your your guardian angel knows your intentions and will swiftly bring them to include them. Uh, but let's pray for you. Let's pray for us here at the team. Of course, Emily's uh, final days on her finals, her car, her transition back to Chicago, including her in our prayers, plus her perfect replacement for the CDT team as well. Uh, and of course, the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Next school year, all Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of New York will be open for in-person learning for the full school week because new health directives mean the schools can operate without needing hybrid or remote classes for students. The plans are still dependent on the rule and requirements of federal and local health agencies and on a low level of COVID-19 infections. The Archdiocese of New York's Catholic schools serve over 67,000 students from pre-K to 12th grade throughout the 10 southern counties of New York State. Despite the coronavirus epidemic, the Catholic schools have been open for in-person, five-day-a-week instruction since September of 2020. However, many schools are working on a hybrid model and alternate some students between remote learning and in-person education, the Staten Island Advanced News website reports. A letter from the superintendent announced that fully remote students, effective immediately, will no longer be required to present a negative coronavirus test to participate in school events, graduation ceremonies, and the Catholic sacraments. A Louisiana bishop has lifted mask requirements for mass in several of the state's cities, but he still encouraged parishioners to follow previous coronavirus regulations during worship. Bishop Shelton Fabra of Humathip Thibodeau said, quote, 
While masks will no longer be required for those attending mass in our diocesan Catholic churches, I do still strongly encourage those at mass to continue to wear masks and also to socially distance themselves as best they can. However, safety regulations such as social distancing, capacity limitations, and masks will still be required at Catholic school masses. And in Atlanta this week, the Archdiocese of Atlanta announced an end date to the general dispensation from the obligation to attend Sunday Mass. In a letter to parishioners in the Archdiocese, Archbishop Hartmeyer said he believes it is time to begin to bring more people physically back to church, citing the wide availability of vaccines in the previous year's extraordinary steps to combat COVID-19. The Archbishop said he finds it an appropriate time to take our next step toward the full reopening of our churches. And according to the leader of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, the people of Ukraine are expecting a papal visit soon. Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Svechuk told the charity Aid to the Church in Need that Pope Francis could visit the Eastern European country despite the obstacles posed by the pandemic, saying, Just as the Pope recently visited Iraq, just as he will be going to visit different countries in the world in spite of the difficulties presented by COVID, so Ukraine is expecting the Holy Father to visit. John Paul II was the first pope of the modern era to visit the country, which borders Russia. In his arrival speech in Kiev in 2001, he noted that two early popes were deported to present-day Ukraine. The Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky said last week that the Vatican would be the ideal place for peace talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin. In the ACN interview, Shevchuk said he was grateful for Pope Francis' prayers for Ukraine, and noted that the Ukrainian Prime Minister, Denis Shmihal, said had invited the Pope to visit the country during a March 25th audience at the Vatican. Pope Francis has repeatedly appealed for peace in the Ukraine, where Ukrainian and Russian forces have clashed in the east of the country since February of 2014. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. Blessed Amelia Bishri. Pray for us. Blessed Amelia was born in 1238 in Italy. She was four of seven, the fourth of seven daughters born to a wealthy Ghibelline patrician family of Pietro Bichari. Emilia was well-educated and early on showed that she was drawn to religious life, withdrawing to her room for hours of prayer. Her mother died when Emilia was still a little girl. And her father became even more protective of her and initially objected to Amelia becoming a nun. He eventually realized her true calling and funded the construction of the Dominican monastery of Santa Margarita in Versili. Amelia entered the abbey as a Dominican nun at the age of 18. She was repeatedly chosen to serve as prioress of the house, but repeatedly refused and concentrated on the menial domestic services that she could render to her sisters. She finally became a prioress in 1273. She always had and always promoted devotion to the Holy Eucharist, the Passion, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. She died on the 3rd of May, 1314. She was beatified on July 19, 1769 by Pope Clement XIV. One of the things she liked to say was, Do everything for God alone. Blessed Amelia, Pray for us. Today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 6 through 14, a continuation from Friday. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you know me, then you will also know my father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen. Amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the sole Savior of the world. Let there be no doubt. Let, let all shadow of doubt flee from your mind. He has said it very, very clearly on multiple occasions, but this one I think is probably among the clearest. I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the sole Savior of the world. That sentence alone has great ramifications, does it not? Does it not emphasize you know, the need as evangelists, the need as disciples of Christ, the need of, of the church and our missionary effort to share the good, the true, and the beautiful with the world that deserves to hear it in order that they too might have the opportunity to be saved through the one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the face of God. St. Jose Maria Escrivá would say, Christ's whole earthly life, his words, his deeds, his silences, his sufferings, indeed his manner of being and speaking is revelation of the Father. Let that sink in for a moment. Through faith, we can see Christ's entire life shows us the heart of the Father and his love for the world. Hillary would say, uh, a declaration so new startled Philip. It startled, this, this startled the apostles themselves. But you and I, my dear listener, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of the beautiful patrimony of the church. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now that we know that, much is expected of us. Let us go. Share that with the world. We'll be right back. Christine now from Church Militants coming up right after this break. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. to Jesus Christ in all things. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I want to thank Glory and Shine, gloryandshine.com for generously underwriting a portion of our program today. Um, I really like the mint soap. It's it's amazing. The, the beard balm is incredible too. It smells very good. And you know, at three o'clock in the morning when you're just getting up, it gives you a little pep. It's nice. Anyway, gloryandshine.com, you should check them out and just say thank you at the very least. We've linked to them on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life, is going to be on to talk about the racist past of Planned Parenthood. Uh, Margaret Sanger in particular. Is the left giving Planned Parenthood a pass on racism and holding other people accountable? That's going to be the nature of our conversation with Sean Carney coming up again 20 minutes from now. But joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Christine Niles from Church Militant. Good morning to you, Christine. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I'm alive. How are you? I'm doing great. That that counts, doesn't it? It counts. It totally counts. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on. I know over at Church Militant, you guys are always very, very busy, but you have breaking news today. Uh, What is going on? Yes, it's a bombshell. We just broke the news this morning. Cardinal Roger Mahoney of L.A. has been sued for the very first time for allegedly committing sex abuse against a minor. Like he personally committed the, like that's the allegations. He personally committed it. And it's the first lawsuit uh, of this sort against him. Now he's been sued in multiple other lawsuits for covering up sex abuse. Mm. And, you know, I don't think really this is uh, something that's in dispute. He's notorious. He has a notorious reputation. You know, he served um, LA from 1985 to 2011. And, um, you know, recent documents show that he would send predator priests out of state and then he would reinstate them to active ministry where they would abuse again um, just all sorts of things. And so he's got this notorious reputation for covering things up uh, so bad that his archdiocese paid out the single largest sex abuse, sex abuse settlement in the history of the United States. Wow. $660 million, almost a billion. Um, it's higher now. That was back in 2007. So all mostly because of um, his leadership. But now... A lawsuit was just filed on April 19th by a John Doe who claims that he was from Mexico. Mm. His family came to St. Vibiana Catholic Cathedral, which was the cathedral before we had um, Our Lady of the Angels Cathedral. This was the previous cathedral where Mahoney was. And apparently, according to him, Mahoney took a special interest to him, uh, took him under his wing, became his mentor and trusted authority. And then apparently, according to this guy, um, he assaulted him when he was only 17 years old Mm. in the rectory bathroom while an employee was guarding the door and, according to him, eagerly watching on. 
What? This is pretty, yeah, this is pretty bombshell news. And uh, we just broke it on our site today. And that's so horrific. far, you know, it just happened. So Mahoney hasn't said anything publicly about it. It'll be interesting to see how the archdiocese responds because he also accuses the archdiocese of covering it up. He says people knew and they protected him. Wow. That's yeah. pretty horrific. If true, that is really egregious. Uh, and, you know, he even says that there are more victims that there, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, Mahoney has been accused by other people before. He's actually on the list of publicly accused clergy in LA, wow. but they claim he's been exonerated. So, yeah, I, I think there's, a lot that we don't know about Mahoney still publicly. I mean, I'm sure the locals probably have been familiar with these details for quite some time, but the rest of the church at large um, pretty much has been given a different picture of Cardinal Mahoney. Now, how how old is Cardinal Mahoney at this point? Um, I believe he's in his he's approaching eighty. I'm mm. not quite sure. Um, he's but, he's definitely getting up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this case goes back to to when? Uh, back in ni- he, the guy claims back in 1986 when he was 86. 17 years old and he had just come from Mexico with his family. And so he claims he was taken advantage of, uh, which, which was the case with many other priests in LA. You know, mm. a lot of the poor Mexican immigrant kids would all, often be the victims of these guys. So, wow, that is very tragic. Um, yeah. why do you think more people haven't Taking the same level of action against Mahoney to, I mean, it again. He he seems to have gotten a pass for most of it. Uh, we're just now seeing him being start to help be held accountable here. Why not more victims coming forward? That's a very good question because when I first heard about the abuse lawsuit, I was just sort of dumbstruck. Like, wow, really? Uh, he's kind of skated by for decades without my ever hearing about him personally committing any sex abuse. Now. Mm. Um, he has certainly been accused by many of covering it up. I mean, just lawsuit after law. I mean, mm-hmm. no, that's his reputation. Essentially, he's got that reputation. But um, like I said, he has been accused before by at least two individuals, two youths, and they claim it was unsubstantiated. Um, he's a very powerful person. He was extremely powerful. Uh, um, you know, he was like almost the top guy for a long time in the United States. And so I think... Obviously, victims are very afraid to come forward when you're dealing with a very powerful cardinal. At this point, he's not so powerful anymore, I guess. Mm. Um, I, I don't know the reasons why this particular victim chose to come out right now. Uh, but, Christine, you know, I do hope that others, if there are others, they should come forward. Uh, the So what is what does the process look like now that they're with the Pope Francis changes and how the, um, the prosecution of accused bishops and cardinals, how, how does the what is the process like now? Right. So Pope Francis changed the rules so that he no longer is necessarily the person to judge cardinals, but he can delegate that authority to another court. Um, I'm not a canonist, so I don't know the full implications of this. I don't know exactly how all of this works, but I knew I do know that a lot of people were very kind of uh, shocked by the sudden change. So, you know, I, it, like I said, I'm not a canon lawyer, so I can't provide the legal expertise on exactly what this means, but I do know some of my candidate friends were quite upset that that authority was delegated from the Pope to another tribunal. Because hmm. technically only a Pope should be judging cardinals. Right. So. so we'll see more information coming out of Church Militant, I assume, over this case as the details become available. But I want to I switch topics here while we still have about another five uh, minutes or so, six minutes with you. Uh, there's uh, the story out of Detroit. It was the priest uh, that had uh, 
he was apparently vindicated out of Rome. Catch us up on that story. Who was involved? What happened? Right. So this is the case of Father Edward Perone. I've, I've done lots and lots of coverage of Father Perone over the past couple of years. But very quickly, he was essentially suspended from priestly ministry in July 2019 over um, a 40-year-old allegation of abuse. And the main allegation that he was removed for was essentially raping a minor, an altar boy. Well, it turns out that that rape charge was entirely fabricated. Wow by um, the detective who was helping out the um, archdiocesan um, clergy for misconduct, who was Monsignor Michael Bugarin. Mm. They, they essentially fabricated this. They put the words in the you know, accuser's mouth. They brought it to the review board, and the reviewers took, took Father Prone out. Father Prone went to court. He sued the detective for defamation. He won. He won $125,000 know, out of the defamation lawsuit. Then he sued Monsignor Bugarin because Bugarin wouldn't reinstate him to ministry. So that lawsuit's ongoing. At the same time, there's a canonical case going on in Rome as well, which just wrapped up recently. He was, Father Prone was vindicated. The CDF, the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, essentially said, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. This case is closed. But rather than reinstating him to priestly ministry, which they should do, um, the archdiocese is prosecuting him in a canonical trial, uh, essentially because they're upset that he fought back. They're upset that he sued Monsignor Bugarin. So they're saying that's conduct unbe unbecoming of the clerical state. Well, what are you supposed to do as a priest? But you know, yourself, right. What are you supposed to do? Now, so he's fighting that. So what was their motivation be from the from the get-go here? Did they have something against this particular priest? They've had some against him for a very long time. He's been a long-time uh, traditional priest here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, very orthodox. He's the one who exposed, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Detroit, the previous seminary, um, St. John's Provincial, mm -hmm. uh, there was a porn scandal, essentially, that where uh, seminarians were being shown pornography as part of a, like a morality course. What? He actually wrote, yes, he actually wrote to Pope John Paul II personally, uh, and he had his letter translated into Polish because he wanted to make sure the Pope got it. He wow. exposed the scandal, and that caused a huge uproar, and the seminary was eventually shut down. But that was Father Prone back in, in the 1970s. And so they've held a grudge against it ever since that time. Oh, I see. So they were just yes. waiting for their moment. <laughs> yeah. now, now that he's been vindicated, does he get to continue in ministry? I mean, what is his life like they now? They won't Has reinstate him. Oh, they will not reinstate him. They want to keep him out of ministry. So he's now appealing to Rome again, saying, wow. please reinstate me because they won't do it. It's a, it's a very vindictive corrupt lot here, unfortunately. Can he get incarnated somewhere else? I was about to ask that same question. He could, but he's approaching 75. This is his yeah. lifelong diocese. He just doesn't want to up and this is where his family is. He doesn't want to up and move at this age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. that's a very tough situation. We'll be praying for him, yeah. but please do. We know he's not the only priest out there in similar circumstances yeah. with their bishops and the diocese. Mm -hmm. uh, right. These days are pretty dicey, but uh, let's yeah. move on to, let's go back to this porn scandal again. You've been reporting on that even, uh, has there been even more updates on that story lately? Well, the, the okay, so the... Um, essentially a high-ranking faculty member who was kind of in charge of spiritual formation. Um, according to the seminarian, the seminarian claims there was porn on his laptop. Um, we did a special report on it where the seminary essentially sort of hushed it all up. Um, and what's interesting is there's been no response whatsoever from the Archdiocese, like nothing. And I even um, wrote to sources asking, hey, is there any sort of chatter in the seminary itself about this? And they said, oh, it's deafening silence. But right now there's a split apparently in the faculty 
between those who are shocked and upset by the news mm. and those who kind of knew about it, but they're like, we, we shouldn't say anything. That we seems, ju- just let it die down, that which is strange. never really a good response. It seems strange. They're young men. They're, of course, they're going to be attacked and tempted by, by a pornography. So that's, uh, pr- I would say, a, probably a fairly uh, a normal occurrence in seminaries all across the world. Uh, but we have, we have the tools to deal with these things. They're called you know, grace, the sacraments, and, uh, and, and counseling. So why cover things up? Well, this had to do with a high-ranking faculty member, not a seminarian. Oh, it was actually well. a high-ranking faculty member who um, essentially was allegedly caught with the porn. Um, and instead of doing anything about it, instead of you know addressing it properly, sending him to counseling or doing yeah. anything, the, the scandal really was that the seminary hushed it all up, covered it up, acted and it, as if nothing ever nothing happened. Ever. And this is a guy in charge of spiritual formation. And he's not been held so, accountable secretly no, behind the closed doors. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. As far as I know, I mean it just seems like a huge cover-up and it does not look good. And he's, I think he's getting a promotion too. So it's just kind of scandalous. Wow. You've got this guy in charge of spiritual formation and no, nothing's done. And it's kind of the seminarian is the one who's blamed, you know, and the whistleblowers are blamed and yeah. it's just, yeah, more evidence of, of more rot. Well, I guess there's plenty of things to pray fast and do penance for. Yes. Uh, there's no shortage of that anymore. Um, Absolutely. But praise be to God in all things. We're just about out of time, Christine. Any, any other news stories that you're going to be diving into this week? This week? Um, many, many. But the best thing to do is tune into Evening News. We're at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at churchbuilt.com. That's kind of our big news roundup every night. So, All right. Praise be to God. Breaking news with Christine today on Cardinal Mahoney uh, being sued for uh, allegedly abusing a minor. That's kind of a big story. We'll keep our eyes appealed on that, and hopefully you'll have you back, Christine, to share more. But uh, thanks for being on today. Churchmilitant.com is the website. You should check it out, but we'll link to it as well. Christine, God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless. All right. That is going to do it for the What's Concerning Us. On the other side of this break, Sean Carney is going to be our guest, as well as breaking news and stories. We're going to talk about the racist past of Planned Parenthood. That's coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. Later, he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Monday, May 3rd, and these are your headlines for today. 
The Archbishop of San Francisco, Salvatore Cordelione, released a pastoral letter about the worthiness required for the reception of Holy Communion, in which he insisted that any Catholic cooperating with the evil of abortion should refrain from receiving the Eucharist. In his letter, he wrote, quote, It is fundamentally a question of integrity. To receive the Blessed Sacrament in the Catholic Liturgy is to espouse publicly the faith and moral teachings of the Catholic Church and to desire to live accordingly. Cordelione added, We all fall short in various ways, but there's a great difference between struggling to live according to the teachings of the Church and rejecting those teachings. The letter comes on the heels of growing media coverage regarding whether President Biden should be admitted to Holy Communion within the Catholic Church. In a section specifically for Catholic public officials who advocate for abortion, the letter said, You're in a position to do something concrete and decisive to stop the killing. Please stop the killing. And please stop pretending that advocating for or practicing a grave moral evil, one that snuffs out an innocent human life, one that denies a fundamental human right, is somehow compatible with the Catholic faith. It is not. Please return home to the fullness of your Catholic faith. The Archdiocese of Santa Fe intends to sell over 700 properties by year's end to help pay for settlements to sexual abuse survivors. An examination of court records by the Santa Fe New Mexican newspaper found that the diocese has sold at least six properties over the past year and intends to sell 732 more by late July. Those first six sales generated $7.5 million for the diocese. Among the buildings sold were several surrounding a Carmelite monastery in Santa Fe, and of the many more properties to be sold by an auctioneering firm, most are small vacant lots, fields, or grazing land donated to the archdiocese. In August, the archdiocese listed the vacant St. Francis Cathedral School in downtown Santa Fe for $3.6 million. The archdiocese filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in late 2018. At the time, Wester said there were between 35 to 40 active sexual abuse claims against the archdiocese. The New Mexican now reports that nearly 400 people have filed claims of abuse in the archdiocese. And Pope Francis has amended part of a law issued last year regulating Vatican City's judicial system, now allowing the court of first instance to rule on criminal trials of bishops and cardinals. The prior law meant that criminal trials of cardinals and bishops were judged by other cardinals. With the April 30th update, Vatican City judges, typically lay people, will be competent to rule on the cases. The amendments were issued by Pope Francis in an apostolic letter amending the jurisdiction of the ju judicial bodies of Vatican City State, issued moda proprio or on his own impulse. In the April 30th amendment, Pope Francis added a paragraph to Article 6 of the 2020 law, stating that in cases involving the most eminent cardinals and most excellent bishops, the tribunal, the court of first instance, shall judge with the consent of the Supreme Pontiff. The amendment makes note of the exception to this rule contained in Canon 1405 of the Code of Canon Law, which says that only the Pope can judge cardinals and bishops in penal cases regarding spiritual matters or a violation of church law involving sin and the imposition of ecclesial penalties.
I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. I also want to thank Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for generously underwriting a portion of our program. They connect people who are either buying or selling houses. It's a pro-life uh, supporting cause. It's really great. I encourage you to check it out, realestateforlife.org. Uh, but uh, joining us right now by phone is the president of 40 Days for Life, Sean Carney, good morning to you, Sean. Good morning. Good to be back. Praise be to God. It's good to get you up this early in the morning. Uh, you know, I'm very excited about having you back on the program. Uh, I wish we had uh, bright and funny and uh, fuzzy things to talk about, but unfortunately, Planned Parenthood and their racist past is less than joyful, I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've discussed, I guess it could be categorized as a complaint uh, to you, Joe, that you only have me on for this negative bad news. There's never anything positive <laughs> that we talk about, so I we was, know something bad. I was hoping you wouldn't on. catch on to that. I mean, I was really... after those headlines, yeah. you know, we're just, we're pounding poor <laughs> listeners on Monday morning. Mercy. Uh, uh, so, we do yeah. a good news segment in the next hour. It's all joyful and bright oh, good. and okay. sunny. I'll turn that on. Yeah. That'll be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, well, Planned Parenthood's um, you know, everybody's, everyone's known, and, and the pro-life movement for decades has talked about Margaret Sanger, their their founder. She wasn't like a closet racist, right? I mean, she wrote <laughs> and she spoke at the KKK. Yeah, she, other than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than all of those things, she has uh, she's very quotable in the, in the most negative sense of that phrase. And their new CEO, which is uh, uh, Alexis McGill-Johnson, who's only been in... I think a year and a half. They Cecile Richards left in 2018. They had Dr. Leanna Wynn. Dr. Leanna Wynn wrote a uh, uh, an editorial in the Washington Post, rightly so, mourning her the the miscarriage of her child. Mm. And you're not supposed to do that when you're the CEO of Planned Parenthood. So they fired her, and wow. then they hired Alexis McGill Johnson. And Alexis McGill Johnson decided to write an op-ed two weeks ago in the New York Times about how they need to distance themselves from Margaret Sanger, and she hammers Margaret Sanger. Uh, for those of you who want, you can go read it, but if you don't want to, uh, you know, basically she says, hey, the woman was a racist. She spoke at the KKK. She did experimental birth control uh, projects on Puerto Rican women and didn't inform the Puerto Rican women what she was doing. Wow. Uh, she openly discussed getting rid of, quote, the unfit, which were the disabled. And, you know, she just hammers her through this uh, op-ed in, in the New York Times. And you're sitting here reading it going, I mean, it could have been from a, a pro-life leader. And then she completely blows the whole thing by saying, but I'm not going to call her a racist because we don't know what's in her heart, um, which we, we don't know what's in anybody's heart. You know, what I mean, so I don't know what one has to do to become a racist in her uh, eyes. Well, be a Republican, it, probably for starters. That's I, I guess so. I guess so because it was it was so lame. It, it's it's another example of how jo what a joke all of this uh, this woke garbage is. It's just a PR play. No one cares. And, you know, they're just saying, you know, every corporation, every place is raising their hand saying, and we're not a racist, as if everybody was a racist the day before uh, George Floyd died. But it, it's just one of those, it's so disingenuous. You know, mm -hmm. here we are supposed to be having 
a real conversation about race and, and, you know, they're sort of mocking the whole thing saying she spoke at the KKK. We don't know what was in her heart. I guess they could ask blacks who were persecuted by the KKK and those poor Puerto Rican women who she did experiments on. I guess they could ask them if, if they knew what was in Margaret Singer's heart, but uh, they probably had a pretty good idea. But um, it, it was it was a joke. And I don't think she'll last much longer, Joe. Uh, I really think it was it was a it was a big strike one hmm. as CEO. You know, it's fascinating because of the d- double standard, because of the hypocrisy uh, to I mean, we're only now hearing of any sort of negativity about Margaret Sanger from that side of the equation. And even now, as you just mentioned, that could be the death nail of the of the current uh, you know, office and holder. Joe, the obvious is that now everyone's a racist right. for any reason. For any reason, <laughs> so yeah. If anybody qualifies, you know, I mean, it, now it's just like, you're a racist. Well, all I did was order a sandwich. <laughs> you know, I mean, for any reason, you can be called a racist and... And But you can speak at the KKK, and all of a sudden people are like, you know, I mean, we don't yeah. know what was in our heart. You know, what's wrong with you, you judgmental? And so it's it's a complete joke, and it's an insult to the race discussion. And and I think that that's why this goes on, and, you know, we, we, we've put out a lot on this because, obviously, Four Days for Life is in the grassroots. This is great for the pro-life movement. That's why this actually is a, a, a positive, you know, piece that you're doing this morning. Because the more that Planned Parenthood CEO is running around trying to explain Margaret Singer <laughs> at a time when they're getting record, you know, tax funding, they're doing more abortions than they ever have. The more they're doing that garbage, uh, it is a distraction from their local abortion facilities, and and that is. There has been a huge disconnect. The former workers talk about it uh, all the time. Huge disconnect between corporate Planned Parenthood and the PR side and the lobbying side and those who are actually doing the abortions here in Houston or wherever you are, uh, because these are miserable places to work. Nobody grows up wanting to wanting to work there. Uh, it's it's sort of the 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 stepchild of the medical industry and. And yet, you know, you're, you look up and you read this headline, our CEO is throwing Margaret Singer under the bus better than anyone has in a New York Times op-ed, and then saying, oh, she's not a racist. You know, you're just sitting here going, what are you doing? What? Like, you know, yeah. quit, quit talking. So it's a, it's a good thing for the pro-life movement. It causes more disconnect. And, um, and that may, it's been a revolving door at the top for them the last couple of years. Wow. We um we have a break fast approaching here. Sean Carney is our guest, president of 40 Days for Life. Sean, really quick, um, before we go to our break, do you think uh, those in minority communities even know this story? Do you think they're paying attention? Do you think this will go in one ear and out the other? What do you say to that? 30 seconds on the clock. I don't think I don't think that they know that it existed. Hopefully they do. We're We're trying to make them aware. I mean, it's the biggest insult to them because once again, race is just being used to promote uh, somebody, some, some other agenda. And any time pro-lifers brought up Margaret Sanger, they said, oh, you're playing the race card. And now they're bringing it up, and they're playing the, the race card by ignoring the problem. All right, hold that thought. Sean Carney, president of 40 Dates for Life, is our guest. The racist past of Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger is our conversation. The woke nature of hypocrisy. All of that coming up on the other side of this very short break. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. We'll be right back.
For almost 1,500 years, thousands of men and women in monasteries around the world have found St. Benedict's rule to be a sure guide to Christian life. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. The rule has exercised a profound influence in history. But do you know what St. Benedict himself thinks of the rule he wrote? He calls it simply, a little rule for beginners. He points us beyond himself to the work of others and ultimately to the Bible as the truest guide for human life. St. Benedict's rule has endured so long because he kept his mission in mind. He pointed people to Christ, not to himself. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com We too are most productive and helpful when we keep our mission in mind and seek to respond to what others really need, rather than to impose what we want to do. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Sean Carney is our guest. He is president of 40 Days for Life. Talking about the uh, racist past of Planned Parenthood, the, the double standard, the hypocrisy of uh, of their racism versus everybody else's and the woke nature of, of what they do. It's it's really insane. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Um, I, we we kind of want to ask a few other questions similarly related uh, with the shift of covid and the pandemic crazy that went on how did that affect what you do at 40 days for life did you see a noticeable shift in the, the strategy and the techniques of abortion and and did you have to uh did you have to shift what you guys do what happened in 2020 yeah good question um abortions went up in 2020 that was a, a sadly a record year and abortions go up when there's fear mm. um there's there's an added fear you get women who probably wouldn't have normally maybe considered abortion or considered it very strongly and they they have an abortion so march april may we really saw a huge uh, uptick of of abortions for us it, it didn't change we were very fortunate because 40 days for life is is outside and everybody knows that it's good to be outside except for Fauci and so we we were able to continue our vigils and um and we we had we had a record year in 2020. We had our largest spring 40 Days for Life campaign ever, and wow. that was followed by the largest fall 40 Days for Life campaign ever. And so, you know, and and then we we beat that record in in the spring of 2021. And we're definitely getting you know some of the backlash from Washington D.C. now that mm. we have this this you know our most pro-abortion government in the history of our country. So, you know, that's a good thing. The grassroots are in are in great shape. Uh, But Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, wisely and and, you know, use the pandemic for their own advantage in in increasing abortions and building fear. And that's why, you know, I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, we've highlighted this ridiculous op ed that their CEO wrote on on Margaret Sanger and all of that. 
and the obvious point in, in that is, you know, we beat up on her a, a lot the last couple of weeks. But, you know, to distance yourself from a woman who was racist and who believed in and practiced eugenics, you know, it, it only makes sense if you're, you know, you're Taco Bell or you're some other company. Planned Parenthood carries out this woman's vision better than she would have ever imagined. Mm. You know, I mean, it would make no sense if Margaret Singer got, you know, got in the DeLorean and came here and walked around to all the Planned Parenthood locations and looked at their numbers and their spreadsheets. She, she would just be so overwhelmed. She'd be like, this, this turned out great. I mean, most of our facilities are in minority areas. Um, you know, we're systematically getting rid of the unfit. And, um, and then she would read that op-ed going, y'all don't believe in this stuff. What's y'all's problem? Mm. And so, but you're doing it. You're doing it. And, and, you know, that's why I mentioned that that's just a distraction for Planned Parenthood. Um, and, and that's good for the grassroots. And we're definitely seeing, you know, more people than ever come out to the vigils and, and participate in 40 Days for Life. Sean Carney is our guest. He's president with 40 Days for Life. 40daysforlife.com is the website. You should check that out. Um, what about the RU48 pill? Do you guys see a shift in uh, abortion uh, fr- away from the clinics to mailing stuff directly to the the quote consumer to the mother, Sean yes, Carney. Th- this is yes. This is the this is the future of abortion and RU forty six and and all chemical abortions, the morning after pill, um, all of those are you know it's Planned Parenthood preparing for a post row world. And that if Roe v. Wade were overturned, this would be sort of their new attempt um, to to have abortion. And, and it's very profitable for them. Uh, you don't have to pay the doctor as much for an RU-46 abortion. Uh, it, it's very profitable. It's not as messy. You know, the, the public relations part of it is, is better. Well, they're just, you know, you're just taking pills. Of course, we know it's a, it's a violent, brutal procedure, but not in their eyes. And so... They they have been doing this for about a decade as far as, you know, shifting to that. That's a, that's a great, great way to use it. There's also, they're not going to talk about this, but there's a huge shortage of doctors who are willing to do an abortion now. Um, and, and abortion doctors are getting much older. And, you know, that that's just a problem for them. And it, it you know, it, it, it should it should be the process of just natural law that doctors don't want to do an abortion. Amen. But over, over time... Um, that's become a real issue for them. They fly a number of abortion doctors around the country uh, to cover locations. They're called circuit riders. And, you know, that that's just getting few and far between as those guys get up there in age. That's amazing. I mean, that's good news that there's uh, a, a, a shortage of abortion doctors. Praise be to God for that one. Um, so as that shifts to mailing the abortion pills directly to mothers how does 40 days for life uh shift with that if your Basically, if your demand is yeah. going to be less outside of a clinic how do you shift with that the, we have we have to be at the locations where they are but we're we're preparing that right now uh behind the scenes because that's going to be a problem for the pro-life movement is is abortion becoming you know uh, uh, you know amazon and and they just ship it to you in two days yeah and and you get it. But it's going to be highly regulated. Uh, the states are going to start turning their attention to that. Mm. Um, we've been paying a, a lot of attention to it. Um, 
but we we will shift as needed uh for sure but but right now their their bread and butter is still surgical abortions and it's still r u forty six um but what they're doing now in states is trying to deregulate r u forty six where you don't need a doctor um i mean in New York, a doctor doesn't even have to do your surgical abortion that's insane to, to Cuomo, yeah. And they can do it at 39 weeks. No doctor. I that mean, is literally insane. Crazy. That is grotesque. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. It's, it's actually unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, if, if if you say that in a talk, Joe, people are like, ah, they made that up. Well, <laughs> and it's what's next? He, what's next? He sends uh, COVID-infected patients back to nursing homes? I mean, that's just literally insane. I don't know why anybody would do that. But anyway, uh, I want to ask you before I run out of time, did you watch the Roe v. Wade film that came out, uh, I think, this past year? Yes, they they sent it to me about about a year ago uh, to screen it. And so I I saw it there and and was great. We helped promote it. Um, Boy, they got some great names. It was great to see John Voight in it. Mm. And um, for those who haven't seen it, I I encourage people to watch it. It's it's, uh, (laughs) – You know, it's one of those that it's going to make your in-laws mad, you know, because <laughs> you, you see how, because the, the situation in Washington right now is not pro-life. So if you're watching a movie about how they forced abortion on our country, you know, it, it's not the most inspiring in the world. But it, it is so factual. Uh, it's accurate. And it's a great story of Dr. Bernard Nathanson and, and his conversion. Mm. Um, and, and but the way that they got Roe v. Wade passed, it. it it's very interesting, and, and they put a lot of work into the movie. I was unaware watching that film, and we, all, we interviewed Nick Loeb, the, the director or writer of the film as well. Yeah. Um, I was unaware of the role the Supreme Court really had in Roe v. Wade. I, I did not know that two of the Supreme Court justices had direct ties to Planned Parenthood. Um, it seemed uh, rather crazy to me that, that that fact has not been more widely known. Why do you think that is? I think because the it was bad law. Uh, you know, Ginsburg herself said Roe v. Wade is bad law. She mm. believed in abortion, but she knew the case, you know, would not stand under a microscope today, especially with all of our science and technology. It's a great apologetics point for pro-life people. I mean, to support abortion, you literally have to live 50 years ago. That's the mindset. To be progressive is to be pro-life because you've you've adapted your view to science, which we now know. Um, you kind of have to live in the Middle Ages to believe that it's not a baby. So, um, you know, it, 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 it creates great dialogue. I think one of the things, too, that that movie points out is that, you know, it, it was men that gave us abortion. Yeah. Um, it was men that are most of the abortion doctors in our country. Men own most of the abortion facilities in America. Nobody benefits more from abortion than bad men, promiscuous men who just want to use women. And so it's, you know, men are the winners in, in abortion. And, um, and, and they brilliantly marketed it as some kind of, you know, women's liberation movement. So it, it, it's a great movie. I, I really suggest people watch it. I, I think at the end you want to do something. And, of course, I think that something should be 40 Days for Life. It definitely <laughs> makes you I didn't see that coming. I just... That's I just right. didn't see that coming. Totally uh, unbiased. Plug for our, our activism here. Uh, Sean, uh, two minutes left in the show, and I was just wondering, how do we? what are we looking forward to in uh, 2021 and beyond with the current Biden administration? Uh, what does it look like in terms of the fight against abortion? Is it going to be worse? Is it going to be better? Um, what say you? Minute and a half. It's, 
It's going to be better. It's going to be better because, you know, we don't just throw our hands up and, and start yelling at our TV if the news is on. I mean, elections and governments help us take the temperature of our culture, and our culture is wounded, and it's hurting, and we have taken a baseball bat to the family the last 50 years in our country, and these are the repercussions of it. We have a lot of wounded people. We have a lot of lost people. We have a lot of broken families, and abortion is simply uh, you know, a symptom of that, and when you look up and you see our, our most people in our government advocating for infanticide and not giving a baby girl medical care, Mm. you know, after she, you know, survives an abortion, which she wasn't supposed to do, uh, it should drive you to, number one, turn to prayer, turn to fasting, turn to the church, um, go back to mass if you're not, and and get involved in the pro-life movement. And we're seeing that. We, We saw it from day one. Uh, from from the the election, I mean, there is a there is a backlash against Washington D.C. Mm. and it's in the positive sense, and we've got to we've got to continue to do that. It helps us know where we are and where we aren't as a culture. All right, that is going to have to do it. Sean Carney, President of Forty Days for Life, Forty Days for Life dot dot com is the website. Sean, thanks for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. All right. God bless you and God love you. Have a great day. That is going to do it for the uh, first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We have survived it. Uh, Great guests there. We're going to be posting those conversations later today in our social media feed. You can find all the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Coming up in the next hour, if you can join us, is our Fear and Trembling Game Show. And new prizes are involved. Rough, Rough to Rustic is our sponsor this week. We're looking forward to that. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Many Protestants believe we are saved by faith alone, and they say Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. How do you answer that? First, I ask them to show me where in the Catechism, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, does it teach that we can work our way into heaven. They can't because it doesn't. The Catholic Church has never taught a doctrine of salvation by works, that we can work our way into heaven. Second, I ask them to show me where in the Bible does it teach that we are saved by faith alone. They can't because it doesn't. The only place in all of Scripture where the phrase faith alone appears is in James 2.24 where it says that we are not, not justified or saved by faith alone. So one of the main pillars of Protestantism, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, not only doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Bible actually says the exact opposite, that we are not saved by faith alone. Third, I ask them that if works have nothing to do with our salvation, then how come every passage in the New Testament that talks about judgment says we will be judged by our works, not by faith alone? We see this in Romans 2, Matthew 15, 1 Peter 1, and many other verses. Fourth, I ask them if we are saved by faith alone, why does 1 Corinthians 13, 13 say that love is greater than faith? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Catholics believe that we are saved by God's grace alone. We can do nothing apart from God's grace to receive the free gift of salvation. 
However, we have to respond to His grace. Protestants believe that too. However, many Protestants believe that the only response necessary is an act of faith, whereas Catholics believe a response of faith and works is necessary, whereas the Bible puts it in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Faith working through love, just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God, you have survived it. It is Monday. You made it back. Give God some praise. We're going to have a great week lined up for you this week. Some incredible guests. We just wrapped up a conversation with Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life. Fascinating conversation about the shift in the abortion industry, uh, as well as their hypocrisy over racism and all of that. Uh, We'll be posting that conversation in a little while, later today, over on YouTube and Facebook and elsewhere. You can find all the links. And by the way, you can also watch the show live and comment right on our website right now at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. So if you want to hang out with us and you don't want to be on Facebook or YouTube, that's fine. You can go right to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and you can Hang out there. Praise be to God. Of course, Christine Niles was also on last uh, last hour. Breaking news there as well. So we'll post that conversation later today as well. Praise be to God. The team is here. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. I find it so incredible that Planned Parenthood, which is possibly one of the most racist and sexist organizations on the planet, mm. has managed to sell themselves as pro-woman and pro-diversity, pro-minority. Right. Like, Yes. Races. Well, what kills me about the conversation um, is the people affected by it directly. They're not reading the New York Times or the Washington Journal or any of this. Those people aren't listening to to headline news or or the local news commentary on radio or on on television or on the internet. Probably they are they're getting their information from their friends, their family member, from their favorite university. You know, from the pop star, the singer, the actor. More like the YouTube stars nowadays. YouTube stars. TikTok yeah. stars? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, honestly. Very probably. <laughs> so to me, I think that spells of a bigger challenge to pro-life evangelists is that we have got to get in front of the, the people that matter and uh, give them the information that they're lacking and do so in a way that they'll, they'll, they'll take it. They'll, they'll actually consume that information. Are you, are you saying we should use TikTok? Should we? That's, that's a fundamental question. Should we use TikTok? Um, I don't know. It's uh, probably, but at the same time, boy, confessions once a week at minimum. I 
for TikTok. Speaking of confessions, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I, I've been talking to people and, you know, I, I think I'm going to start go doing weekly confessions. I think that's healthy. Weekly uh, at least At least for me. I, I think yeah. that would be necessary. I agree with you. Yeah, it is healthy for you. Praise be to God. Um, <laughs> I think you ought to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, leave, I'll leave that. I'll leave that there. So in this hour, we do have uh, the game show coming up. Praise be to God. Rough to Rustic is back. That's exciting. Yeah, we haven't had them on since Christmas. It's been a long time, and now they're going to be back as a sponsor this week, underwriting and giving out the prize. Uh, speaking of uh, back, uh, Mr. Thomas Russell is, is hanging out with us, uh, sort of uh, acting as sort of like a uh, an intern, so to speak, watching and seeing what's going on here. And if you are the contestant on the game show, you probably will speak to Mr. Thomas Russell. And yes, of course, we did give him uh, a custom autographed mug. Uh, he got mugged, as hashtag got mugged. Despite my protests. Despite the protests, we did give him one for his time and for playing the game, although he did win. I think he played twice, did he? And he didn't win either one. So, nope. praise be to God. But he's hanging out here, so if you call in today during the uh, Fear and Trembling Game Show, you might talk to him. Praise be to God for that. And then in the second half of this hour, we will have our after show, and there is a blazing uh, saddles. Debate that, going that was on. really that was really, <laughs> that was a great transition. It's a great segue. Loving it. Wow! I, amazing, amazing. Ten out of ten. We started well, last hour off somehow talking about westerns, and there was a conversation going on about westerns all in the com box. So I ha- I can foresee that the after show will involve some discussion over western films. We'll see. Of course, we all know Unforgiven is the best. <clears throat> Searchers, High Plains Drifter. Just saying. How about uh, Dances of the Wolves? Doesn't that count? Counts for something. Anyway. Searchers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to be praying for whatever your needs are, your intentions. Of course, we will have the Fear and Trembling uh, Game Show Plus, Breaking News and Stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, all coming up this half hour. Next hour, next half hour will be the after show. Hopefully, you'll join us for that. Let's pray for your intentions as well as our own. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Emily Alcaraz. The Papal Foundation announced on April 28th that they will be distributing $9.2 million in grants to dioceses in 64 countries in the coming year. This year's grants will finance the construction and repair of church and school buildings, environmental initiatives, and the education of children in need, among other projects. The organization cited Pope Francis' call earlier this year to rebuild church buildings in the Middle East as a guiding factor in this year's grants. The Philadelphia-based Papal Foundation's mission is to serve the Holy Father and the Roman Catholic Church through faith, energy, and financial resources. Among the projects that will be funded by these grants include the, the construction and repair of churches, chapels, libraries, laboratories, and schools, the creation of a dialysis center in a Catholic hospital, the renovation of children's centers, the purchase of surgical equipment for a Catholic teaching university, the education of intellectually disabled children and orphans, the housing of retired religious, environmental initiatives, and the fight against human trafficking and sexual exploitation. On Friday, Pope Francis sent a video message for the beatification of José Gregorio Hernández, 
a Venezuelan doctor who served the poor during the Spanish flu pandemic. The Holy Father said, quote, The beatification of Dr. Hernandez is a special blessing of God for Venezuela and invites us to grow towards greater solidarity with one another, to produce altogether the response of the common good so necessary for the country to revive, to be reborn after the pandemic with a spirit of reconciliation. In the midst of all the difficulties, I ask all of you who love Dr. Jose Gregorio so much to follow his admirable example of selfless service to others. Pope Francis sent the message on the eve of the April 30th beatification in the Venezuelan capital, Caracas. At his Regina Chaley address on Sunday, Pope Francis said it is our task as Christians to proclaim the good news of the gospel and to bear the good fruit of love in the world. The Holy Father said, quote, The fruit that, like the branches we must give, bears witness to our Christian life. After Jesus ascended to the Father, it is the task of the disciples, it is our task, to continue to proclaim the gospel in words and in deeds. And they and us, disciples of Jesus, do so by bearing witness to his love. The fruit to be born is love. Pope Francis gave his weekly Sunday reflection from a window overlooking St. Peter's Square. Afterward, he led the recitation of the Regina Chaley, a Marian prayer traditionally said during the Easter season. The Pope explained the importance of being attached to Christ, the vine, so that we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in this way, we can do good to our neighbor and do good to, to society and to the church. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Amelia Bichery, pray for us. Blessed Amelia was born in 1238. She was the fourth of seven daughters born to the wealthy Ghibelline patrician family. Amelia was well-educated, and early on showed an interest, a very a drawing to the religious life, withdrawing many times and many hours spent in prayer in her private room. Her mother died when Amelia was still a young little girl, and her father became even more protective, initially objecting to Amelia becoming a nun. He eventually realized her true calling and funded the construction of the Dominican monastery at San Mar Santa Margarita in Versilia in Italy. Emilia entered the abbey as a Dominican nun at the age of 18. She was repeatedly chosen to serve as prioress of the house, but also repeatedly refused to accept it. Instead, she concentrated on the menial domestic tasks that were a service to her sisters. And finally, in 1273, she did become the prioress. She always had and always promoted devotion to the Holy Eucharist, the Passion, as well as to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She died on the 3rd of May, 1314, and was beatified by Pope Clement XIV in July of 1796. Blessed Amelia, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 6 through 14. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. 
The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen. Amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father and whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of the big revelations that I had the, coming out of Protestantism into Catholicism was just in my being oriented to Scripture, oriented to the Bible, oriented to the Gospels in particular, in a very Catholic way. Prior to that moment, I would look at Scripture and I would just assume everything pertains to me personally uh, on the surface. You know, God, Jesus is speaking to me here. I, I would think that way all the time about everything. And then you begin to realize that, wait, hold on, I'm not an apostle. Okay, He was speaking specifically at the first level. He's speaking directly to the apostles. He is speaking to those men. I'm the fly on the wall getting to overhear the conversation. Is there something related to me on a lower level, on one of those lower you know, layers of the onion? Sure. Well, yeah, of course. But primarily, right out of the gate, he's speaking to those men. And look at that sentence here. Amen. Amen, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. He's asking the apostles, do you believe? Then you are going to go do the works that I have done. Walking on water, consecrating the Holy Eucharist. I mean, there's some amazing things that these apostles are going to have to do, but they're going to have to have faith first. And I guess that goes down to the lower levels, to you and me. Do we have the faith? Adrian, what'd you find? Uh, yes. So, uh, speaking of the lower layers of the onion, uh, it's talking about how it relates to us, you and I, the, one of the things that it's important is the recognition of the holy name of Jesus. And I think this is a great passage to meditate on when we're trying to understand why is the holy name of Jesus so important? Because here our Lord says, whatever you ask in my name, my name meaning our Lord's name, not Adrian, uh, not, uh, my name is not important at all, uh, but except to my grandma, because my grandma loves me. Uh, but the, here is very important because, uh, our Lord's name is powerful. And so just by mentioning his name, you, the demons are put to flight. And so we should not be flippant whenever we use our Lord's name, which is why often you, I personally, I'll only use the name of our Lord whenever being very intentional. I tried not to use it in normal language and I'll, and I'll use uh, euphemisms like our Lord. And then I'll use the holy name of Jesus uh, on very special occasions when I'm trying to emphasize a point because it's important. His name is powerful. And when we ask in his name, our Lord hears our prayer and he answers our prayer. Now he may not always give us what we want, but he hears and answers our prayer whenever we use the holy name of Jesus. And I try to bow my head every time I say the name or hear the name of our Lord. And so these are just little practices that we can inculcate in our lives in order to create a devotion to the holy name. And so I think this is very important and that we should invoke the name of our Lord often. And whenever we're at adoration, we're in confession, when we're tempted, just invoke the holy name of our Lord. 
invoke the holy name of our lady as well just jesus mary get me there jesus mary get me there that those little kind of ejaculations that we can make throughout the day is very important for our spiritual lives and i think that uh is a great thing to inculcate in our spiritual lives amen praise be to god all right that is going to do it for our gospel and reflection today of course uh you can always join our email list because we tend to give that kind of good stuff even on a bigger level Every week, every Thursday, you can find our email list at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But right now, we're looking for a contestant to play the Fear and Trembling Game Show with us. Will that be you? 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do us a favor and don't share this with anybody. Uh, keep this between us. All right. So there's several things we like to do on Catholic Fear and Trembling trivia questions. And that is, we like to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something you probably didn't know before. So praise God for that. We like to have a little laugh in the process, and 
we give out prizes. It's kind of a win-win-win for everybody involved. And here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're really trying to scratch your head to figure out what's going on here. So Catholic trivia questions, but the caller does not need to know the answers. The caller can not know a single answer and still win. That's kind of the cool part about it. Because I don't ask the caller the questions. Instead, I'll ask Emily, I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is Rough to Rustic. They're back last time. Uh, they were our sponsor. They gave away a Christmas ornament for a tree. They make custom Catholic wooden decor. So this time around, they're giving away a wooden miraculous medal that you can hang up in your home. Amen. Praise be to God. All right. Thank you, Rough to Rustic, for your generous support of Catholic Drive Time. We're very grateful to you. Uh, if you tried to call in today, God love you. Thank you for doing that. We are very grateful to everyone who tries to call and participate in the game show. But uh, tomorrow, new opportunity, new uh, chances, so try to call back. All of the information is on our website, by the way. Well, let's go to the phones. Danny, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our show. Hello, thank you. Danny, praise be to God. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. Now, Danny, you sound you sound like you're you're probably on the road this morning. Where are you headed off to? Uh, school. And where is school? Uh, Great Hearts, Northern Oaks. Hey, now, praise be to God. Well, hopefully, you'll have a great day to, at school today, Danny. Now, uh, have you been listening to the show before, Danny? Do you do you understand how the game is played? Yes. All right. Aiden's Adrian sometimes gets them wrong. Mm-hmm. Emily, mo- Emily mostly gets them right. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> someone's, someone's He's got stats. you guys pegged. Someone's been keeping stats. You're, you're absolutely right, Danny. You uh, really do pay attention. Danny, Danny, I'm on your side here, okay? And, Don't believe uh, him. Don't believe let me, him. Let me just tell you something, Danny. You got to keep a careful eye out because Emily, she she's tricky. What? She 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 tried to fool no. you. So don't don't put all your eggs in that basket. Let's just see how it goes, though. Are you ready to play, Danny? Yes. All right, Emily. We will start with you. Okay. As is the custom, at least for the next couple of weeks, anyway. Uh, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Emily, can you tell me what are the two forms or levels of contrition? Um, okay. There's personal and sacramental contrition. Personal and sacramental contrition. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what Mr. Adrian has to say about this. Adrian, can you tell me or name the two levels of contrition? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I guess you could have, uh, you could be perfect and you could have perfect contrition. And and if it's anything less than that, then you could have imperfect contrition. Imperfect. Okay, so Adrian is on the hook for perfect and imperfect, imperfect contrition. And Emily is on the hook for personal and sacramental. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you? 100% Emily. 100% Emily. I'm oh, so no. <laughs> In my defense, though, I did warn you ahead of time that uh, Miss Emily is tricky business. <laughs> and you can't put all your eggs in that basket. In fact, the answer is perfect and imperfect. Adrian, why is that? Because 
Well, the, uh, you have two forms of contrition. You have perfect contrition, which uh, if you have perfect contrition, that would mean that you are sorry for your sins only out of love for God and hatred of your own sin, whereas imperfect contrition is your fear of hell, and so you uh, go to confession, and uh, and perfect contrition can actually have you forgive your sins uh, without going to confession, assuming that you are trying to go to confession as soon as possible. Mm. Uh, so you need perfect contrition if you have no priests available to you, and it's incredibly rare, and the saints say that it rarely Hard happens. To achieve. Mm-hmm. So imperfect is, I just don't want to be punished. I'm afraid of the punishments. So I'll confess my sins because I'm afraid of punishments. And, and perfect is because I love God and I never want to hurt his feelings, right? Pretty so, much, pretty much. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good description. All right, let's let's see. Question number two, Danny. I think this one's going to be easier, my friend. I think the next questions are going to be a lot easier. Let's just see. Adrian, can you tell me how many carnal carnal virtues are there? How many? Did I spell this correctly? How many cardinal? <laughs> great. How many cardinal virtues are there? Uh, let's see. How many of the four carnal virtues are there? Four. Four cardinal virtues. Okay, let's see what Emily has to say. Miss Emily, can you tell me how many cardinal virtues are there? 613. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, okay. So, Miss Emily's on the hook for 613. That's brilliant. Uh, isn't that the number of uh, extra laws in the Torah? I'm just anyway. No, uh, it's the number of cardinal virtues. Number of cardinal virtues. Okay, and then Adrian is on the hook for four. So Adrian four, Emily six hundred thirteen. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you? Adrian. Survey says. Duh. Uh, he got lucky that time. Duh. Duh. <laughs> L- lucky yeah. guess, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> I, Good know, job, Dave. It was. It was, uh, it was between. I was. I was trying to guess between four and eight thousand, uh, but I decided to go with four. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Danny. You were not fooled at all this time with the trickiness of Miss Emily. How do you feel about that? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's learned a hard lesson about it, Miss Emily, uh, in this uh, game show. All right. Uh, now, pop quiz. What are the four cardinal virtues, Adrian? Uh, oof, that's uh, prudence, uh, prudence, temperance, so, justice, uh, and... and- I don't remember what the fourth one is. Prudence, temperance, justice, and... Fortitude. Wait. Fortitude. fortitude. Did we sound say? Oh, yeah, fortitude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, was, that was clear. That was clear. <laughs> Teachable moment there. <laughs> All right, third question. Here we go. Back to Emily. Emily, are you ready? Yes. Can you tell me what order, what religious order did St. Francis of Assisi establish? Um... I think this is the Franciscans. You think? Hmm. Yes. Okay, let's see what uh, Mr. Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what religious order did Holy Father St. Francis of Assisi found? Yes, that would be the Dominicans. Wow. Okay. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for the Dominicans, and Miss Emily's on the hook for the Franciscans. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you? Emily. 
Emily, are you phoning a friend over there, Danny? I hear a second voice. Hey, wait a I second. Hear, yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of suspicious. All right. Survey says congratulations, Woo. Danny. You are not fooled in the least by Adrian Fonseca's Dominican comment there. Praise I mean, I just figured the answer is always Dominicans. Uh, I think St. Dominic would not appreciate your, your response. Uh, Holy Father Dominic loved St. Francis. Did he? They did. did they did knew he? each other. They were, were they friends. besties? BFFs. BFFs, okay. Forever, because, you know, they live in eternity in heaven together. I see where you're going with that. Yep. Good good call mm-hmm. there. Well, Danny, congratulations. Two times in the coffee cup of Divine Providence. You've got to feel pretty good about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, praise be to God, Danny. We're so grateful that you took the time to call in today. We are very uh, happy that uh, you did get two out of the three right. And if it's God's will, your name will be pulled out of the coffee cup on Friday. So you'll, you're going to have to tune back in then. But God love you, Danny. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right, we're going to put you all on hold so we can get your phone number, and then uh, and then hopefully, like I said, if it's God's will, we'll be able to call you back on Friday. That is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God in all things. That was fun. Danny had you guys pegged. At least he thought he did. <laughs> it, uh, and, oh, we, we, and we threw him for a curveball. We really, curveball. yeah, we really tricked him today. I'm sorry, Danny. <laughs> I, I love how Danny <laughs> had so much confidence in you, Emily, and you've shattered uh, it. You I know. Just, it's always me. Shattered. <laughs> Danny said, "Emily's usually the right one. Adrian's usually wrong." And it's sec- that right was before, Emily was like, false. <laughs> <laughs> "Emily te- messages Adrian, you're going to win this time." <laughs> <laughs> I should have waited. <laughs> Are you saying the game is rigged? No. What? No. What? what? No. What? No. Oh, he man. meant that metaphorically. metaphorically. Exactly, exactly. 613. <laughs> that was no. a beautiful number. Beautiful number. <laughs> Do you hint much there, Miss Emily? I mean, come <laughs> now. 613. All right. We're going to go into the after show where uh, we casually conversate about whatever it is. It's on your mind, your heart, and uh, you can be a part of that. You can find one of the links. You can comment on Facebook or on YouTube, I think on Twitter. But uh, also, by the way, you can just go straight to our homepage, GR, or rather grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Go to the Catholic Drive Time page on our page. That's what I meant to say. And you can watch live and comment live there as well, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But I warn you, in the after show, things can be silly sometimes. We throw inside jokes all over, and we lavish some love on first-time commenters. People who've never commented before, they get extra attention in the after show. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Hopefully you'll join us back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central. We have a great lineup all week long. Michael Jones is back on the program this week. All that and more. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired is our mission. But you make it special. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you either either in the after show or tomorrow morning. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and the after show. 
where we let our hair down and conversate a little bit more casually about whatever, whatever is on your mind. So let us know. Wherever you are from, comment. Facebook, YouTube, our homepage or whatever. Um, I, you, I said Twitter, but can we actually see comments on Twitter? No. So it's super weird. Twitter, it's so the, in the settings, it tells me that it lets me monitor the, the comments, mm-hmm. but then there actually is no place to comment. I think it's uh, Twitter's new streaming surface is brand new. They just started a couple of weeks ago. So I'd imagine in the coming months, they're probably going to start rolling out more, um, settings more uh, features mm-hmm. but right now it, it tells me that i can monitor comments but there's not actually anywhere to comment uh, so we're very very weird <laughs> huh well uh praise be to god speaking of comments there was a a, a raging debate over the best westerns oh b- before we films. do that real quick yeah um mm-hmm. jesus said holy father dominic loves holy father francis and then chris said saint francis was a deacon uh the reason why they call him holy father francis is not because he was a priest, is uh, the uh, Dominicans refer to St. Dominic as Holy Father Dominic because the, he's the founder of the community, and the Franciscans refer to Francis as Holy Father Francis yeah. because he's the founder of the Franciscans, right. uh, not because he was a priest. And then the Dominicans refer to the, to St. Francis as Holy Father Francis as well, and mm-hmm. the Franciscans refer to St. Dominic as Holy Father Dominic as well because they were friends and because they were, their mendicant orders grew up in the exact yeah. same time in the same, same place. Same with like women saints like the Dominicans all called Catherine Holy Mother Catherine, even mm-hmm. though she wasn't even actually a nun. <laughs> yep. So it's a little bit, it's a little complicated, but yeah, it's St. Francis was a deacon, jokes, but he's still. See? It's still all that. inside jokes. Um, let's uh, recognize we had a lot of problems on Facebook today. Yeah. Especially on the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page. Uh, it kept crashing on me over there, so I'm not even sure. There's not even that many people there right now. But I just want to recognize uh, Gloria. Good morning to you. Stan Yabara. Is Stan new? I think no. so. Hmm. I don't know. I think I've seen him before, but I'm not sure. Of course, Thomas Russell's over there, but I asked Thomas Russell's just right here, too. So it's kind of weird. He's like bilocating, apparently. Uh, Susan Weber, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Don, good morning to you. Joaquin, good morning. Over on the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page. But uh, Stan Yavar probably deserves a first-time commenter sound. Dan, can you God. confirm that you're a first-time commenter? Uh, can you comment if you're still watching? Can you comment and let us know? Yeah, thank you for hanging out with us today, Stan. We're very grateful to you. Uh, let's see, who else? Christopher Chance, of course. Christopher Chance and uh, Josh Patterson got into a heated debate over Western films. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of course, Patty, our friend, who uh, he's not, she's no longer on. She goes to the Mass. She listens to the Mass after this, but uh, she always hangs out with us for the first hour. Praise be to God. Patty, for, thank you for hanging out. I see Buddy Kane is back. Kurt Russell's tombstone was on his list. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Jeff on YouTube said, Emily and Adrian are both really good at the game show uh, from Genevieve. Thanks, Genevieve. Thanks. God bless you. Um, <laughs> Valentine. Wait, on- whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, Emily and Adrian are really good? Like, that's it? Wow. <laughs> We're great. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> I'm on your side. They're against you all, all the time. <laughs> I'm the one passing out the hints. You're the one getting the hardest questions you can possibly find and asking them. I don't know if that's what? considered on your their no, side. My, I'm my, just saying. My intern picks the questions. I'm just saying. You, <laughs> is, that, is your intern your right hand? Anyway, Jesus uh, <laughs> Rebles, good morning to you. Lori, pal, I, think I see you've switched sides. You're now on the GRN side of Facebook. Praise be to God. Uh, Jesus, I see uh, yeah, a lot of comments back and forth between Christopher and, and uh, Josh. Uh, Paolo, 
Paolo, are you a brand new commenter? No. Um, no? I don't think so. Pa- uh, Pablo. Forgive me. I said Paolo. I met Pablo. Pablo Peralta? Is that how you say that? Do you say it that way? Pablo mm. Peralta? Emily, you got to help me out here. Where is it? Where am I, I helped looking? you with Homo Thibodeau. You can help me with I on the GRN I online. I think I still said that wrong. GRN <laughs> online. Uh, no, no. Facebook side. GRN Facebook side. Yes. Pablo. Uh, Pablo, if you're a new commenter, let us know. Yeah, Pablo Peralta. Peralta. I was close. I was, was going to say that. Not bad. Not bad. Well, we'll uh, give it to him anyways. Uh, yes, he deserves it. Let's, let's hear it. That's not the one! That's the one! No! That's the one! That is not the one. That's the one he wanted. Pablo, he just ripped you off. I demand the refund. Immediately. Fine, fine, fine. Immediately. Thank you. Thank you. Praise be to God, Pablo. We're grateful you're here. Thank you for commenting. In spite of Adrian being, uh, you know, Adrian shenanigans here. That should be a hashtag. Hashtag Adrian shenanigans. Hashtag Adrian is a friend of mine. Adrian is a friend of mine. Y'all, I cannot keep up with all these hashtags. Uh, there's a lot. We should have a. We sh- we need a definitive list of hashtags related to CDT. Uh, what else? There, there's there's so many comments about Western films here. I'm trying to scroll through past them. Pocahontas. Good morning to you, Jeff and Genevieve and Sienna. Good morning to you. Praise be to God, Angelo. Good morning, Valentin. Good morning to you, Christopher Velasquez and Maria N. Is Maria N. a new commenter over on YouTube? Possibly, possibly. I think she might be. No, she's not. No? Oh. She comments all the time. Okay. Never mind. My bad. Never Sorry, mind. Marie. I tried, though. I tried to throw you a bone, but Adrian, you know, the gatekeeper over there. He's but, just not you know, because I'm nice. Amen. And it wasn't Amen. me who did it. it was God did it. Praise <laughs> God. I mean, because God does everything technically. Technically, it's true. Uh, Jeff said, I sent Emily a letter and really like Emily, Sienna. Aw. Oh. So if Emily's gone before that letter gets here, I'll forward it to her. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. We're down to it. You are short time or big time. Yeah. Uh, you got just, two two weeks in a wake up, as we used to say. Yeah, two weeks left here. Crazy. Yeah, no. It, we got a taste of it last week, did we not? That was great. That <laughs> yeah. was a lot of fun. The whole, hey, uh, by the way, I'm not going to come in today with like seconds <laughs> on the clock. And I'm like, ah! Seconds yeah. on the clock. I still did my work. <laughs> I just wasn't on air. <laughs> okay, you might have given us a little bit more leeway than your buddy Adrian did. Okay. Well, I mean, Who gave us no no warning whatsoever. Actually. I mean, I, I told you. <laughs> I mean, I told you as the show was starting. As that, the show so, was starting. I mean, yes. and that's that's something. <laughs> well, now I'm just waiting. The the two of you will, won't show up at the same time on the on the thirteenth. On the thirteenth. On the thirteenth. Yes. Both yes. of us will be out sick. Yes, I'm sure it'll happen. If uh, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Murphy's Law. Speaking At of the which, worst possible speaking time. of which, Mr. Thomas Russell's in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. How Praise are y'all to today? Uh, we are alive, and that counts. Uh, so you, you showed up early today to hang out with us. Uh, is it worth getting out of bed early? I'm just curious. I think it is. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed coming down here. Good. Praise be to God. Um. Do we want to jump into the westerns? I'm just curious, uh, Mr. Russell. What do you say? Best western ever. Um, if someone did actually mention Dances with Wolves, I'm yeah. quite a fan of that, uh, which yeah. is Avatar 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it really? You think- it, oh, Dances with Avatar is just it Dances with Wolves redone. But I think so. I mentioned it earlier this morning. My top one is Tombstone. I love Tombstone. Two minutes on the clock. Have you <laughs> Have you seen Pale Rider? 
Unforgiven? Yeah, no. Um, what? Tombstone's what? top-notch, man. What do, when you mean, say top-notch, <laughs> it's, you're both I mean, wrong. it's a popcorn film. I agree, it's entertainment, but it's not top-notch. I mean, it, I mean, Pale Riders, obviously. And mm. it's Pale Rider with one hand tied behind its back y'all are is a better wrong. film than y'all Tombstone. Y'all are both wrong. And you're going to go with this, what was it again? The Searchers. Have the you not searchers. seen The Searchers? It is, oh, it is grit. True you, grit you was realize. a better film than the Searchers. Yeah, did you have you seen the Searchers? Have you seen grit? Oh my goodness! You cannot have you seen, have John seen Wayne the Searchers and True Grit and not, and not think that this is the best. You do realize that Mars Scorsese, George Lucas, Steven oh. Spielberg all agree that it's the greatest western of all time. Wow! And George Lucas based the look and uh, and writing of Star Wars off of the Searchers. Oh. It's easily one of True. the greatest American westerns and one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, my heavens. Well, you mentioned The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly earlier. It's the I mean, only one I've ever obviously, seen. <laughs> obviously, that's a classic. But The Outlaw Josie Wales. The Outlaw Josie Wales is a better film. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're objectively mm, yeah. wrong. Objectively. I, definitely not objectively, objectively you are wrong. No, I'm not. Sorry. Okay, let's see what the audience has to say. Well, there's uh, one thing. Three. Oh, we have to. What are you going away for so early for? We have a Brie Dale show. We usually end at 45 after. Ugh, all right, fine. We'll keep going. God, but- you stole five minutes <laughs> off the clock so you can end with the searchers. That is to- <laughs> No, I ended early because uh, I have some videos to set up. Oh, uh, well, we can, but- we, can, we, can, we can sign off. You have work to do. Jonah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome for your mug, my friend. Uh, praise be to God. You got hashtag got mugged. Uh, I'll give you an extra two minutes. So did uh, Mr. Russell over here, by the way. I did. It's yeah. a great mug. So um, the uh, like Eric and and the team, all the uh, all the super fans are all like, "Where's my mug? The Alamo." Now, which one, buddy? Is it the Alamo with John Wayne, or is it the Alamo with um, the more recent one back, the one that was like two thousand, was it nine or ten or something like that? Josh Patterson, The Mandalorian. Stop. Which is based off of Josh. which? Uh, based off of what? Stop. It's based off of Stop. the Star hey. Wars. Western so style, you which get, is based off of the searchers. You get Thank multiple you. movie buffs in a room, and the only thing they're going to agree on is that one of them is wrong. <laughs> and that and one person, that is, one Joe. person hey, is Joe. Billy, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton uh, in Alamo, he was an excellent uh, Davy Crockett. Truly excellent. I really like the Alamo with Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, real quick, Gloria said on the Facebook on Kathy Drive Time side, thought about you, Emily, this weekend. My son went to the YCP conference. I don't know what that is up here in Dallas and took a pic with a group from Chicago. Young Catholic professionals. Wow. Oh, okay. Maybe I knew some of those people. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Buddy is on the hook for the original Alamo with John Wayne. Very good. I watched a video on YouTube of... of uh, the original set where he filmed that is like abandoned now out in the middle of no out in the middle, I think it's West Texas. And you can just walk around the place. It's like, it's totally abandoned. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? It would be kind of cool to do that. Uh, it was a good film. I, I didn't mind it, but I kind of liked Billy Bob Thornton better as Davy Crockett than John Wayne. I know. I said that out loud. I'm John, sorry. What, what is wrong with John? Sorry. sorry. No, see, this is why you're just, you're just wrong. You're just Mea wrong, Joe. Maxima Hey, what does this card say? Oh, Joe, you're the host. You always get to be right. <laughs> Praise God. All right. God bless you. That is going to do it. Eric uh, Rodriguez, good morning. David L. from uh, from New Hampshire, good morning to you. The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Glenn Trahan, Back to the Future 3. <laughs> That's actually really good. I mean, it qualifies That's, as a Western. It counts. I, it counts. John Wayne is the shootest. Yes. Amen. Gloria said John Wayne Alamo. Duh. Yeah. 
It's not appropriate, but Django is also very great. Django and Definitely not appropriate. I agree with you. 100%. Not appropriate. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it. We got to go. Adrian's got work to do. The rest of us are, I don't know, taking a nap or something. But join us back tomorrow. We have a full lineup. It's going to be incredible. We're glad you're going to be a part of it. Praise be to God. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. Uh, and yet these do, you, people do you want the whole video? And as you say, in place, yes, who okay. are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept. Mm -hmm. These are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they, obviously they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Oh wow. Um, that's why I was saying, you know, shadow him and you know, really Yeah, I was really trying to pay attention to but you know, the, the biggest like I, I can't emphasize enough the biggest trick over there is what what are you doing hmm. wrong? Like, you understanding each component to go, okay, what is this doing? How does it work? Where is this source coming from? Where is it going to? You know, what happens when I do this versus that, you know. Wow. That's It's harder, in some ways, it's easier if you have aptitude. Like, if you just have sort of technical aptitude, you can apply yourself mm -hmm. and learn what's necessary. Over there, it's, it's, it's different. It's, over there, it's, it's about being able to interpret news, to write that news, to be able to deliver that news, and then there's also like a sales feature that goes on over there, too, you know, where he is uh, soliciting But what we want in that role is we want to take it to another level mm, where okay. uh, they are focused on uh, increasing the, the, the value of our new component. So like like Bree's doing with these samples, audios and all that, like we want to we want to incorporate more of that, but that requires tremendous planning. I mean she's she's getting here earlier than everybody in her car work. You know, she's Sorry. she's here at four. So anyway, um, harder to train for that in my opinion.
So that's why I was saying, you know, I don't know what your technical skills are, but if that's Absolutely. a possibility, then Adrian can switch into that role. And because of his familiarity with things, I think he could take that up very quickly. But he would have to not be focused on one or the other. So at any rate, um, I think that's kind of the option we're mm-hmm. looking at. We are talking to two other people right now as well who uh, would probably fit into that role. One, Looking for one's a very good choice, right? For that role, the other one, I don't know. I don't know them that well. They probably will show up to speak at some point too. So, so my my suggestion is get the application in, shadow Adrian, really try to figure that part out, and then we could try you your hand at uh, at looking up a new excuse. The other challenge too is, um, it's it's like all the things I listed, right? You, you got to be faithfully Catholic, traditionally minded, you know, you have to be red-pilled on all the issues, you have to be zealous for souls, you have to be willing to get out of bed early, which is a real deal breaker for 99% of people, and you also have to, um, you also have to know, feel the balance. In radio, in traditional morning drive or afternoon drive, major Looking for a Catholic... There's a balance. Mm. There's a dance that happens between the teammates. That's crazy. There's only one host. <laughs> Politics of... There can never be more than one host. There's a team that works together well. but So it's knowing when to give and when to take. It's knowing when to speak and when not to. It's, it's, it's finding that chemistry you know, between the team. That is super critical. And uh, not easy to accomplish in most people or it takes time right. it just takes time so um, that's another big factor about that person over there because they're going to be interacting a lot so making sure that I have someone who can do all those other things and do that mm. is critical to me um, because we don't want to con- so what happens is when you have a team that doesn't jive well and they don't know when it's their turn um, or they can't they, they can't instinctually feel that. Like if it has to just be spelt out, you speak now, that kind of thing. Like that's not good. It has to be instinctual. <laughs> you got to oh, feel that, that. So much. That, that timing. I think. Um, the best radio shows, uh, they have that. No. That's the one thing they do best. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Worst uh, trying to find on top of each other. someone to fill it. We struggle, struggle. And becomes, uh, a the and even, end. Even hard to listen to. Right now, so to me, that's been a critical for some reason. Taking Adrian and Emily, both of which I'm having more experience because he has so many issues right now. Let's see. So he at least had some experience with me and, and my workflow. She had never done anything about. So we were taking her from scratch, but she was willing, oh she was willing to. Um, no, not really, not she to my knowledge. Person. And so that's <clears throat> super critical too. That's honestly. <laughs> well, we'll try you out, but. Uh, <clears throat> if you could do that, that gives me an advantage I don't currently have. You know, I already know what he's capable of. Right. See what I'm saying? So, like, if if you could do that, you'd still be a participant in the show just like Adrian's doing. But producing gives us gives the team more more uh, advantages in many ways. Um, and Casey's out. Uh, Casey's out is a big one. Obviously, he was out on me and I. And hosting and doing that is oh man, it's really tricky. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah. Is there a time where it'd be good to really go over this when we're not 
not like Nikita. Today is not that day. Oh, no, I know today. not today. <clears throat> Maybe tomorrow. <clears throat> um, yeah, tomorrow, any day but Monday. Monday's the worst day yeah. for me. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Um, if you want to, you can, I suppose, there's a computer up there in the front there. No. Use that computer if you want to try to. No, I mean, I don't, I think we should just keep yelling on. That's why I said we just talked to him the rest of it. Does he have a time limit? So, well, here's what I would recommend, though. Is, Okay, what I, I would say to you anything. is go and do some research on newscasters. So listen to 740 KPH. They're like a news talk radio station here in town. So listen to them for a while. Listen to how they, how they are sharing recent news. Listen to how they deliver that news. Watch some local television news guys. Watch video clips on YouTube of other newscasters. Watch, watch a variety of people. They don't always have to be cast like this. And then have a piece of note paper next to you and write down what did I like, what what I didn't like about those people. Really okay. analyze everything they do. How many stories are they reading? How long is it taking them to read it? What is their tangent? What is their personality? And just really try to try to analyze for yourself. What is it about the news that you were interested in? Like, what, what was interesting and captivating? Because I think a lot of people have never, um, especially if you've never done it before, if you've not had any formal training on delivering news, you, you there's this... Um, I lost you if you're talking. Sort of straight That's race, okay. You know, That's fine. That's not, what you That's not my and conversation. You don't, yeah, you don't want deadpan. And um, you don't want we're talking to people about... Oh, it's saying my internet connection is unstable. Possible replacement. Cool. That's no bueno. It's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know. Won't be a problem next week because I'll have gigabit Ethernet running in my office. But this was the last time I have to be on Wi-Fi. I, I have a list. Send me an email to remind me. I have a list of our of what we use. Okay. So we're having some technical difficulties on my end, but I'm trying to. We should be able to have this ready in a second. I seem to have lost your guys' video box. What the f Why is it over there? It minimized the video. That was weird. Okay. Uh, one minute. I'm going to mute y'all.
Live from the sun-drenched